This is Secret Place Berlin, where we explore the sometimes hidden and not so well-known histories about Berlin, Germany. I'm your host, Lacey Berry, and today I will revisit a memory of Christmas past when I happened upon one of Berlin's oldest and most refined perfumeries, episode 6. In mid-December 2019, knee-deep in the hustle of the holiday season, I found myself rushing past illuminated shop windows, catching glances of glittering ornaments to tempt each passerby. Determined to keep on course and deny any attractive distraction, I hot-footed down the sidewalk to a festive party I was already late for. All my will was halted, however, when one shop caught my eye and signaled the aversion of my attention. Not for its sparkling decoratives or loud signage proclaiming some sort of seasonal promotion, those became easy to ignore, but for its subtle beauty and antique mystery. Standing quite ordinary in a fashion it perhaps always had, I stopped to recognize a pageant of proud glass bottles on a small tiered gold stage. Thoughtfully placed and labeled, each clear canister contained a transparent colored liquid in the hue range from champagne yellow to rose tint and deep warm umber. As I pressed my gaze closer to the glass window, I noticed a delicate room of mirrors, scales, and open cabinets holding various sized glass bottles and optimizers like those proudly presented in the showroom window that first caught my attention. An elegant woman with a formed silver bob and white lab coat poised closest to one cabinet held a sliver of thick paper at one end while she gracefully coated the other with a spritz. An anticipating patron, across from her reacting as though she had just witnessed a magic trick, accepted the attendant's gift willfully and without hesitation before bowing like a monk in prayer. As she calmly met the scented paper with her nose, pending only for a moment before gleeful approval and pointing to another deeper-hued bottle of liquid, the attendant turned to look at the destination of the customer's pointing finger. I too turned my head, but the other way, withdrawing my participation as a witness in an intimate ritual. Remembering my party, my feet picked up pace and my head replenished with renewed determination. I did, however, return later after the party to observe the now quiet shop from its exterior again, this time dimly lit and locked up for the evening. Noticing one side of two large showroom windows encasing a labyrinth of silk flowers and artificial trees to the adjacent scent room where just hours earlier I witnessed a scene of sanctuary unfolding. Blanketed in still darkness except for the twinkle of bottles reflecting in the low light of the above sign reading, Parfume nach Gewicht Kunstil Blumen, translating to Perfume by Weight Artificial Flowers. Below in the reflecting shop window read the name above the small stage that first caught my eye, Harry Lehman. And who may that be? Well, allow me to elaborate about Mr. Lehman, a wealthy privateer who gained his fortune dealing in screws, fish, and bicycles, and did not attain his knowledge of fragrances until he was 62 years old. 
learning the trade in Classé in the south of France before opening the acclaimed perfume shop. Incorporating a sustainable concept that is easy on the wallet as it is delightful on the olfactory senses, made it accessible to Berliners and city visitors seeking such finery. And today not much has changed. Of course measured in grams then, due to the European standards, is now in the current milliliters. An inexpensive luxury one can pick up a 10 milliliter tester bottle for 10 euros or less and increase their quantity from there. However, if there is not a scent in store that strikes one's favor, perfumes can be mixed to create a scent that is custom to one's character and archived for subsequent purchases. Fragrance types are floral perfumes, from the flowers or buds, green, from ferns, moss, grass, and oriental notes, from resins, balsams, and spices. Also made available are Eau de Cologne, aftershaves, hair tonic, and washing Eau de Cologne, as well as a garden of finely crafted silk flowers occupying over half the shop and claim to hold the essence of any chosen scent. The small fragrance factory was quickly adopted after opening in Berlin in 1926 on the early version of Potsdamer Platz a district that resembles very little of what it did before World War II. Mr. Lehman gained customers such as the young Marlena Dietrich, known for her preference for the pure violet scent. Never wanted to. What am I to do? I can't help it. However, needless to say, Mr. Lehman, late and current, hold the respective preferences of each customer dear, until death do they part, but even then may remain confidential. It is a hallowed thing to keep such secrets of a person classified, for it is the scent that makes one distinguishable and remembered. I can personally say past acquaintances that have rung me up out of the blue to say that they caught an aroma I used to wear that charged a memory of our last meeting. It is a known fact that the nostrils contain a direct line to the hippocampus section of the brain where all memories are stored. To remember a person is to smell them. I cannot say I am not guilty of holding a drawer of my own perfume bottles that refresh memories of a section of my younger life. But back to Harry Lehman and his sense for sense. Formed in 1926, Harry Lehman provided a concept for and beyond its time making perfume by weight and not by bottle, the main and exclusive point of the experience of perfume, suggesting bottle refills once a favorite scent has reached its ending ethers. A modern concept that is not new excludes unnecessary packaging and preservatives, making for a much purer form of high-quality raw materials in each concoction. Offering 10 types of perfume in the beginning of the shop's debut, now almost a century later, the perfume store contains over 50 signature variations. Never discontinuing but only adding to the collection of fragrances, one can still own a perfume that once had its heyday in decades before. And specific eras have solidified that preferred scent in its own place and time, 
For instance, you can still buy old perfumes like Pure Violet, Miss Dietrich's favorite, and Lily of the Valley, in addition to newer fragrances, Oud and Calypso. There are also rare fragrances such as Reseda, Carnation, and Abergris in the range. I found one story that explains a scent weighing heavy in the notes reminiscent of tufted leather armchairs, tobacco cigars, oak wall panels, bourbon in crystal tumblers, and incense. Everything that describes the interior of a gentleman's smoking lounge in the 1970s. And at the time, a society of theater-goers reeked of it. Now not one chooses the forlorn habanera fragrance today. Instead, opting for Neroli, Gardenia, and Fragapani. But it is nice to know that third-generation owner Lutz Lehmann still values and holds each perfume as an esteemed scent of his collection regardless of popular opinion. It gives one the feeling that this perfumery, unlike others, is not willing to dispel its once highly preferred scents due to capitalistic favor but hold each concoction dear like a master timekeeper holding the hands of a century's clock, rolling back whole decades with a whiff of a bottle top. A scent can tell you a lot about a place in time. And with that, we review a brief timeline of the shop's almost century-long existence in Berlin. Going back to 1926, Perfume nach Gewicht Kunstilblumen was founded on Potsdamer Strasse on the Potsdamer Bridge in the heart of Berlin, now the Potsdamer Platz. Existing up until 1939, when the north-south access was planned for the city, the shop relocated to Friedrichstrasse on the passage, before a famed street Unter der Linden in 1940. By 1943, the perfumery was ransacked with bombings from World War II, and Harry Lehman personally rescued the last intact bottles, equipment, and shop goods from the rubble. Construction began again in 1946 on Friedrichstrasse, where quarter 205 is today. However, it was not until 1951 that the building closed due to the east-west tension, and the move to Joachimstallestrasse, across from the zoo train station and the zoological garden took place. Nineteen fifty-two to nineteen fifty-eight, Joachimstallestrasse, am Zoo, where the well-known dropper hung which released from the shop's exterior free drops of the daily scent to try around the clock. An attraction in Berlin that has also received intense recognition in the previous decade's press. Word has it the dropper still exists today and will be reactivated soon. In 1953 to 1957, a branch was added to the Wilmersdorfer Strasse. Only when a cinema and later a department store were built in the area, the shop was required to move again. At that time, this was not a pedestrian zone, but a busy city street for the north-south connection with tramline number three stationed in the middle. From 1958 to 1969, Berliners were also able to buy the popular fragrances in Neukölln branch on Karl-Marx-Strasse. The store was right between the two subway exits on Karl Marx Strasse. The shop was small with a floor space of 20 meters square, 
but had everything you needed in terms of furnishings. A perfume counter with all the bottles, Harry Lehman's well-known fragrances, old pharmacist scales, and even some finely crafted silk flowers and artificial trees could be displayed. In 1958, a branch was opened in Frankfurt am Main in Münchnerstrasse near the Hauptbahnhof station. It existed until 1964. When the Am Zoo had to be closed again in Berlin because the new building complex was imminent, a small shop was opened and expanded in 1958 at Kantstrasse 106, close to the Wilmersdorfer Strasse shopping street. After two years, the shop attained more space, doubling its capacity. The location as it was then is still here today. A small gallery with framed pictures of former storefronts accompanied with short descriptions can be visited at the current store and is viewable from the midsection of the exterior portion of the shop. Unaware of the pandemic crouching at humanity's doorstep early 2020, I was not able to visit the shop until the following late spring. Fearing its disappearance, I made sure to adjust my cycling route to check on it every time I ventured to the west side of Berlin. Until one day passing, I noticed the shop's doors open once again, and without hesitation ceased my journey, locked my bike, and stepped inside this time lacking the sudden notion of a sanctuary of perfume due to current mandates to wear nose and mouth covering indoors i bravely requested my own sampled smells to a younger but still poised female attendant i reluctantly was met with the same gentle ritual i was made witness to in the previous winter season Fumbling to assemble whole German sentences through my face mask, I explained that I was so happy the shop remained open, which was met with a plain and simple, why wouldn't it be? I suppose after surviving wars, walls, and various relocations, a pandemic would be just another hurdle marked off almost a century's list of situational adaptations for Perfume Lehman. I excitedly pressed further, and the attendant quenched my thirsty curiosity with a warm gesture to accept a short written biography. I gratefully accepted, made my selections, and proudly strolled out with my much-anticipated treasures in hand. Unfortunately, we could not request an interview with current successor Lutz Lehmann and the attendants at Harry Lehmann Perfume and Blumen. Since the time of recording this, Berlin is in its second wave lockdown. However, I hope you enjoyed this episode about Perfume Lehman and almost a century of scents in Berlin. For more information about Secret Place Berlin and to join the Secret Place Berlin community, please go to my website www.laceyberry.com slash secretplaceberlin or follow us on Instagram at secretplaceberlin where I release a custom illustration made by me in relation to the secret place we shared on this program. Secret Place Berlin also has a Patreon where you can support us. Though we love creating each episode and sharing my favorite places and secrets about Berlin, Secret Place Berlin does need your support to keep sniffing out the secret places.
Our Patreon monthly subscriptions start at just one euro, where I will happily send you a Secret Place Berlin sticker in gratitude. You can also set your support amount higher and receive limited edition postcards, artworks, and tours for you and a friend. For more information, check the link in the show notes. And big thank you to our already current subscribers. The best secrets are those that can be shared and enjoyed by those who would appreciate them most. So please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify with five stars. It helps people to find us and uncover their own personal appreciation of secret places in Berlin. Music for this episode is made by violinist Alice Coley. You can find a link to more of her wonderful music and links to our show's resources in the show notes. In the meantime, thank you for listening and have a discreetly secret evening. Goodbye and Auf Wiedersehen.